0: Thank everybody, for tuning in to The Nation. Really do appreciate each and every last one of you all. Really do. Let's get this thing going one way or another. Don't forget to hit that notification button. <laughs> Join that squad. Squad up. Cowboy Nation, one way or another. Let's talk about this thing. Salute. Appreciate everybody for being part of this thing. Uh, We already know the off season is always an up and down uh, motion going with this thing. Uh, And when he talking about Jerry Jones and his decisions uh, to to just sell the team in in general, um, false expectations, hard expectations. Whatever the expectation that you think it may be, that's what Jerry Jones do. And, uh, and that's just the bottom line. We got to look at it from that aspect of it, but there's still positivity to go around and to spread around. Appreciate each and every last one of you all. Uh, just understand this, whereas we just have to sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> the ride is one hell of a ride, but it's one of those things where we have to sit back and just enjoy it. Uh, We can look back at other things and other factors and say, uh, look at this team, look what they're doing. But I can tell you right now, Will McClay, (laughs) Will McClay is one of those guys, man, that always, always put us in the right situation as it relates to uh, player evaluation. We already, you guys already know, player evaluation is what, 365 uh, 24 hours 52 weeks it's one of those things where you got to say hey law is always around the corner of, of some positive feelings some positive vibes going around with this team so let me just do this right here um we're gonna listen in uh to 105.3 the fan uh they talked about earlier today uh warren moon he, he um uh, was the guy that's a hall of famer uh fought his way to get into the league and some people said his quality of his skill set of play is similar. Not calling Dak Prescott a Warren Moon, but similar. And not saying that because both of them are of the same hue or what have you. I'm saying this because Warren Moon sees something. And when Warren Moon speaks, I'm listening. When Gil Brent, we're going to talk about that too. I'm listening. But let's listen in to
1: 105.3 The Fan. Joining us now, nine-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in 1990, an NFL Man of the Year, and uh, current broadcaster, Seahawks analyst up there in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his uh, stops in the NFL is Warren Moon. Joining us now on your home of the Cowboys, 105 through the Fan. Good afternoon, sir.
2: How you doing? Doing great. Yes, yeah, Super Bowl time. You know. Yes, yeah. uh, and this I, place is buzzing.
1: So I can't wait to talk Super Bowl, but. Here's the deal. John Kitna comes to the Seahawks. Yeah. You're his mentor. That's yeah. not overstating it, right? Well,
2: he was my backup, and okay. uh, I tried to mentor him as much as I could, and I, I like to think I'm successful because he had a pretty yeah. good career. He sure yeah. did. I don't so, know how much I played a part in it.
1: <laughs> well, he had a lot of room, room to grow, right? I mean, he, did. He, he, he was one of those guys that wasn't really highly touted. Came from a small school, Central Washington, but, uh,
2: you know, he had really good athleticism, very smart uh uh, a guy that just wanted to pick up as much as he could. He was like a sponge, and he just wanted to listen to him. Not only myself, but John Freeze was on our team at that time. Uh, he just wanted to know as much as he could about the position, so when he finally got his opportunity when he went on the field, he made the most out of it. And- Turned in a, a long
3: career. What do you play? About
2: seventeen years.
1: Yeah, I mean for a while. Finished up with the Cowboys. Came out of retirement to play a Week Seventeen yeah, game. I remember I that think, a, a few years back. So well,
3: that's not long compared to you, though, right? How long? If we combine I, CFL, I
1: twenty three in. So uh that, that was a
2: long career. It yeah, well, was, was a long it, wow. Such
3: a generic question. <laughs> What's Canada like? Like you see five straight Grey Cups. Yeah. We talk about the NFL all the time, but I'm like, holy cow! That's I enjoyed it.
2: I mean, whenever you're winning, it doesn't matter where you are. You, you just enjoy the environment. Like even when you're in high school or if you're in junior college or college, uh, if you're winning, it just makes everything great. And even though I was in another country, I didn't know a lot of people besides the guys on my team. Um, when you're in that environment, it just makes everything better. You're not as homesick as maybe a guy who's on a losing football team. It's not as cold as, as it is in other cities when you're winning like that. So when you go on a run of five straight championships, it's a really good feel, wow. and, and you don't really appreciate wow. how, how big a run that was until you retire and see that no other team has ever done anything like that in pro football.
3: How different is the process in Canada? Like with your coaching staff, do you have a whole lot more poll? Do you, you know...
2: I had a lot more input as far as um, you know what our offense was all about, and our coaches let us let us have that. We had veteran quarterbacks along with me when I first went there. We had two guys that were thirty five and thirty six years old kind of at the end of their careers that 's why they brought me in as a young guy to kind of uh, take over the reins so Those guys had a lot of input. They showed me a lot how to play the game Mm -hmm. um, because the Canadian football game is really different from the NFL game as far as how you strategize with three downs, 12 players, all those different things. So uh, it was a learning experience for me that first year.
1: (laughs) How many, how many great cups did it take to get the NFL to call, though? Did they start calling after three or four? Well,
2: I think so. You know, there's always scouts up there, and I would always hear that, you know, this team was there, that team was there. But when you're under contract, they can't do very much to you with you, but you also know that they're interested because that's why they're coming. So it was just a matter of me getting to a point where my contract was going to be where I could get out of it or uh, it was going to end, and then there was going to be some opportunities for me. So, Uh, I enjoyed myself up there so much that I thought at one point I was going to play my whole career up there. But then I just kind of ran out of challenges after you win so many different times. So I wanted to always, in the back of my mind, see how good I was Against the best players in the world. And the best players in the world, obviously, were down here in the United States.
1: It's Warren Moon with us. So, what, what kind of a coach do you think John Kittner is going to be? Uh, yeah. We're hearing he's going to be the Cowboys things. quarterback John coach. John are kind of being secretive about the exact roles. Yeah. But give us him. And, obviously, we're very excited about Dak and, and helping him take the next steps.
2: Yeah. And if – Kellen Moore is going to be the offensive coordinator. Kellen's going to be probably, what, 10, 15 years younger than John.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, And John will
2: have maybe a little bit more experience. But, you know, John is a guy, first of all, he's a team player, so he'll get along with everybody. Uh, He's a guy that has a great personality, but he also knows how to be tough when he needs to be tough. So I think he'll be really good for Dak because he's – He's a guy that uh, knows fundamentals. He knows technique, but he also knows how to play the game in a free-flowing fun style as well. So I don't think he's going to try and corral uh dak as far as some of the athleticism and some of the free uh, reigning things that he can do that make him special
1: okay so what do you think of dak and and uh, i think we're kind of hoping he can have a russell wilson trajectory so by the late 20s maybe he can carry the team <laughs> where, where where is dak compared to where russell wilson was after 3 years that's a better question mm.
2: well bad. i think there uh there's a lot of similarities between the two as far not so much in the style of the way they play the game but uh, you got to remember, Russell played with a great defense when he when he got to Seattle. Listen up, people! Our Listen up. The best in the <laughs> league for four or five years in a row, and uh, Dallas is starting to do that now. That's, you see, their defense has really ascended, become a top five defense. You see what happens when you put top flight talent around a quarterback; uh, it makes his game go to another level too, because he can't do it all by himself. So mm. you bring in an Amari Cooper. Uh, you already yeah. have you know, Zeke. Um, the, the tight end there is starting to emerge. Uh, Some of the young receivers starting to emerge later in the year, and you started to see Dak's numbers grow because of that. So quarterback has a lot to do with what surrounds you. We all knew he had a great offensive line. We all knew he had a great running back. Now Mm -hmm. he's starting to get some receivers that uh, give him some weapons to throw the football to, and now they can start to expand their offense a little bit more and let him do a few more things throwing the ball More vertically down the field.
4: So, Warren, when we look at quarterbacks that played in the 80s or 90s, you can look at their attempts or completions, and it's a totally different game, but not for you. You (laughs) played in such a system in Houston where you were leading the league in attempts and completions a lot for about a six, six, seven year period. So, where do you see the game now, or why? Maybe a better question would be you kind of played in a style of offense that's similar to today's game. How come that ultimately didn't lead to? Uh, a championship in the late 80s, early 90s? Well, right. because
2: we uh, did it in such a, a- – a free-flowing way, but the, the rules were still in place for a, a more physical style of football. True you there, don't have there. the physical style of football with the receivers now that you have. Uh, the guys can come off the line of scrimmage now not Free be touched release. after five yards. Right. Uh, the, the, yeah. the big hits are eliminated now over the middle, so there's no intimidation by the recei- on the receivers anymore. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a totally different game as far as quarterbacks with uh, throw and catch, uh, and that's why you see these numbers you know, 4,500 yards is nothing now. You know, 5,000 yards, there's there's numbers of guys throwing for that amount of yards. So the game has opened up so much more, um, but it's it's not as physical a game as it used to be. Uh, the way they're protecting the quarterback, all those different things, I think, have made the game a little bit more wide open for the, for the offenses.
3: So this is a, a pretty interesting nugget that I didn't know that I want to ask you about. When the NFL did come calling, and you end up being a Houston Oiler, it says here that the starting quarterback from 1983 gifford nielsen as soon as you joined the team he retired and said well i know he's going to be the starter so you just showed up and a guy quit
2: well, he retired
3: "Well, you
2: know i think he got offered the news director at uh at a tv station okay. too, so that's a great opportunity and i think he had played what did he play he had played maybe six or seven eight years or something like that okay. so he felt like he had a good career didn't want to be a backup and uh and uh, got, got a great uh, job opportunity, so he took it.
3: Now, where does your uh, where does the loyalty go for a player? If you're a Houston oiler for a long time, they become the Titans. Now there is a team in Houston. Are you more of a Titans guy or a Texans? guy? Well, I'm
2: still a Titans guy. That's where all my records are. That's where all my history is. It's it's unfortunate not only for me, but for say if you're a guy that only played for the Oilers, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't have an identity anymore. You know, what's your identity that? When it's, when it's alumni weekend and everybody else is going to their different teams that they played for, the, the Oilers don't have an alumni weekend. Yeah. So the, I think the Titans now are starting to reach out to the, a lot of the former Oilers players to try and welcome them back in. But still, a lot of those guys That's live insane. in Houston and the Titans are in in, in, uh, in Nashville. So it really makes it tough for those guys identity-wise. Uh, for myself, I played for a number of teams. So I, I have associations and identity with some of those other teams but you would love to have the identity with the oilers if they were still around
1: so obviously you guys get to see the rams a whole lot i'd love to you know know your thoughts on are they going to be able to take down the patriots
2: i I think they have the ability to take down the patriots Uh, they can score i think everybody knows that they're probably Mm going to put right around 30 points up They, they seem to do that every game that they play uh But can they stop the uh, Patriots from scoring 31, 32, 33 and beating them? So uh, that was what I thought was going to happen with the Chiefs. I knew the Chiefs would score 30 points. I just didn't know if the Patriots would score 37. And they did because it went into overtime. But uh, that's what it's going to take for the Rams. This is going to be a a game which defense plays the best is going to win because both of these teams can score. Both of them are playing really good right now in, in an offensive flow. Uh, Running and throwing the football, especially the Patriots. They have a great balance going right now with running the ball and uh, Tom Brady with the passing game and especially with the play action because of the running game being so good. So That's what it's going to come down to which Defense can make the big play down the stretch and that's kind of what happened last year in the Super Bowl with Philadelphia neither team could stop each other I don't think there was but one or two punts in the whole in the whole Super Bowl, but philadelphia made the big play on Tom brady knocking the ball out on that last drive and that's what won the game for him another
1: thing that's different from your playing era to this one that we talk about a lot is it seems like teams are offensively more interested in not turning it over than making big plays a lot and i'm like holy cow you know so many short passes now so, you know, what do you think that's done to the game? Is it a, is it a better game now? I mean, the, the offenses are kind of grinding it down to darn near a halt, and we're not getting the turnovers going the other way, and we're not getting as, as many huge plays down the field.
2: Yeah, because they, also, they all know that, that offense is such a big part of the game. All these teams can score, like I said, 30-plus points, so you don't want to give them the ball. You want to try and can possess the ball as long as you possibly That's can. That's a good and nugget the, right the there. We'll, talk, we'll touch up on that. A short passing game, but they also do it running the football. Um, and, and if you can keep the football for six, seven, eight-minute drives, keep the ball away from the other team and score touchdowns, you have a pretty good chance of winning. It's the teams that, that have to settle for field goals when the other team's going to come down and score. It's almost like in basketball. The team that can shoot the most three-pointers compared to the team that shoots two-pointers is going to win They're the football game. game. I mean, changed. basketball game. So, uh that's what you see teams doing now especially in the playoffs trying to keep the ball away from these high-powered offenses but at the same time, they're trying to score points when they have the football.
1: Okay, it's Warren Moon with us. You guys have seen the Cowboys a lot recently, too. Right? It's been like three games in the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. What do they need to do to take the next step? It's yes. the offseason. Do now you invest talk. in making a great defense like the Seahawks have? I haven't heard of his so well. I think
2: their I'm defense is there. It. The biggest problem the Cowboys okay. I think okay. are going to have is keeping so the players that yeah. they do have right now because okay. a lot of those guys' contracts are coming up. you got DeMarcus Lawrence, I think, is going to be a free agent this offseason. you got Zeke coming up next year. you got Dak coming up next year. Amari Cooper's coming up next year. Mm. So I don't think they're a team that's going to be out there looking uh, for a lot of free agents to, to improve their team. I th- think maybe they, they could probably use a tight end. Uh, I don't that. know what their offensive line play is like as far as age-wise, but w- they've had one of the best offensive lines in football for the last three or four years. I don't know where those guys are. Um, need to get uh, healthy.
3: They're still young. Yeah, they're just younger, to get healthy. Yeah. Yeah, they
2: just need to get healthy. Tyron's
3: you know. the old man. He's like 27. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I think defensively, they're, they're really, really good, but they just want to try and keep what they have. And that's going to be the big key, keeping those guys from free agency. Do you have enough money under your salary cap to keep them all happy?
4: And then, Warren, mm. we were really surprised. I think the country was really surprised with Seattle's success. Maybe people like
0: Seattle. Uh, yeah. don't no, think sure. in Seattle. I don't All right, so just to piggyback off what he was saying is that the biggest issue that he can see From the outside looking in, we love to hear this, right? We love to hear, like, thoughts from the outside looking in. He said the biggest issue would be, like, securing the uh, players. We talked about, do you go ahead and pay DeMarcus? Uh, we, we know what the Patriots would do. And not trying to make this the Patriots show, but they would try to package up some things to get some trades for 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 the They'll try to get some first round picks for Demarcus. They'll package up something. That's just how the Patriots do. They'll get about two or three first-round picks for DeMarcus right now. They they know how to finesse that thing. So me, I'm with the belief of like, man, every person that we have we done paid in the past. Then came back to bid us opposed to like the uh, the offensive lineman. You know, uh, we can go all the way back to somebody post. uh, I think they mentioned Marion the Barbarian. We paid that man forty five million, and all of a sudden he folded up like lawn chairs. We fool around and paid number nineteen Miles Austin. The dude hamstring just blew up in the middle of the field. And then we went around and we paid Roy Williams of the world, you know, the, the, the second Roy Williams, the wide receiver. And we already know what happened to him. And then uh, we fooled around and we paid um, – uh, who's who this other guy we paid uh i, I want to say brandon Carr. we made we made a trip he paid that man 50 million dollars at the time that was a lot of cash and we we started looking around and we started saying man brandon used car you know I, I think the scheme just didn't fit well with him and uh we paid tony Romo then all of a sudden he broke his pinky he broke his collarbone he broke a lot of things and then towards the latter part of his career in 2014 we was like yes we are finally reaping what reaping the benefits that we sold so, it's it's crazy, and we pay Desmond Bryant, and then all of a sudden, metal tarsal on his foot, just and collapse. So, I think that Stephen Jones is of the belief and of the mind of pausing when it come down to paying somebody. I want to know your thoughts, guys. I really do. I don't know everything. I'm just speculating. We riding the roller coaster just like everybody else. We sitting back and we enjoying this ride. Some of sometimes the ride can be scary. I already told you, I got my half a bottle of Hennessy, and I'm sitting in the middle of the roller coaster this year. I'm not going to sit up in the front. I'm not going to sit in the back. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> and sometimes I'm going to close my eyes on the scary parts and make sure, make sure I can really get that adrenaline, you know, get that thing going. Shout out to you, C+. Uh, thank you for cho- joining in, and shout out to you, Black Mama. All you guys is out here, man. Uh, Stellos, appreciate you for tuning in to the nation. Let me know, guys. I really want to know. Jason Garrett is not going nowhere. We we love we love the the uh the, the speaks that Jason Gary gives and everything and the way he keeps everybody in line and check just a great 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 motivator but as it like like I heard somebody put down on the post just let me know if you are the person that said this. Man, Jason Garrett from Sun from Monday through Saturday, man, we love him. It's just that sometimes on Sundays we'd be sitting at the edge of our seat and we'd be like, ah, come on, Jason, what you going to do for us? And if we can go back and look at the last year's game and the only game that we can say to ourselves, man, boy, we dominated that game, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars game. So it's one of those things, one way or another, Cowboy Nation – uh, let me know of your thoughts, and, and just to piggyback off of of, of what uh, Warren Moon was talking about as it relates to the uh, to the offensive uh, side of the ball, and everybody throwing four to five thousand yards nowadays, and it, it is very easy for these players to uh, to I guess to these quarterbacks to get these amount of yardage. I'm going to say this: We love Dak Prescott. We love his skill set. We love his ability to escape out of the pocket. We see, we can see with our natural eyes that this guy, he got the intangibles. You know, he, he may not get hit water if he fell off a boat, but we seen. I done I did a whole highlight reel of this guy throwing 20 or more yards down the field, accuracy, pinpoint balls on the long ball. We seen that with ourselves. We seen that. You know, you saw it over there. You saw it over here. You saw it. Um, he was, he's able to do that. But my thing is, will he? Can he do it consistently? And can he do it with a scheme that's designed to help him and minimize his weakness and strengthen his strengths, or, or maximize his strength? And hopefully, Kelly Moore may be that person that can do that. <laughs> As we look over here on my Instagram page behind me, you guys see that on the TV. You know, um, we, we talked about this thing before. We talked about uh, 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 Kelly Moore, and we talked about his. The things that we kind of like, oh, man, is he going to be the same guy that, that that basically we saw all year as, as it relates to being the, uh, the, the quarterback coach? But this guy, Gil, when we listen to Gil Brandt, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. <laughs> we can argue this right here. The reason why we got the first two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys is because of that guy that's in the picture on the TV screen. And uh, he says, Kelly Moore interesting study. He's a guy that's from a small town in Washington, and he has a father who was a coach. He wanted to play for Washington State, but it didn't happen, basically. But 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 what the thing is, he played for Boise, and they won fifty-one games, <laughs> and and that's something remarkable. We understand that that's only on the college on the collegiate level. That's that's college football, right? <laughs> but also, he talked about this thing right here. Everywhere you go, when you listen in to people who have. Been in the same room with Kelly Moore. People who talk to Kelly Moore, they talk about the fact that this guy is a whiz. He's brilliant. He's smart. He's intelligent. He got wisdom of the game, right? Now, uh, he may just be the next Bill Belichick. All oh, we know, he may be the next D- the Sean McVay. I'm not calling him that, but this is the thing, Cowboy Nation. The, when reality meets expectations or when expectations meets reality the thing is there's going to be still growing pains there's still going to be situations where it's going to be calls to pause and everybody going to sit back and say oh my goodness here we go Cowboys can you believe he called that particular play at the 50-yard line come on Cowboys we know a a kid that's in sixth grade that playing Madden that can play call a better play than that what the world is he thinking (laughs) But there goes to show you it's still going to take time. <laughs> I would be remiss to add the fact that Kellen Moore, as an offensive coordinator, who is still going to be the mystery, the xenophobia of things, the fear of the unknown, uh, for those who don't know what xenophobia is. All right, Stello says, huh, how can the Cowboys manage to get the, get a deal worked out? This is uh, Stellos, Thank you for the donation to help grow the nation. Uh, that something uh, that you must be talking about as far as, as it relates to the markets. It's going to be like this. We're going to have to look up the other players that's out there that's getting that big cheese. And I ain't talking about small paper, I'm talking about big cheese and we got to do what's right by him. If you're really going to pay the man, I don't think that you can go up to him and say, okay, DeMarcus, we're going to give you 16 mil. (laughs) We're going to give you 15 mil. That's a lot of money, man. You should take it, eat that money, you know, but I don't think that he's going to do that. And then there's other people that's going to look at it and say, okay, are we able to win games without that presence? Can we trust Will McClay to find that other guy? Can we trust our resources to uh, go out there and find a free agent that's a little bit cheaper than what Demarcus Lawrence is is, is saying that he want, <laughs> and, and and we don't want this to happen to us, uh, whereas he goes to another team and just balls out and get twenty sacks, and we be like, oh lord, we've been crying that we want a war daddy, and now we got one, but we don't, we refuse to pay him because we want to pay other players, and now we back in the same situation, because from my understanding, from my knowledge. And for my thoughts of what they were trying to do with the Taco Charlesons of other worlds, is that they thought that they thought that this right here, <laughs> I got tongue twisted, they thought that this right here that at least he can give you six or seven sacks a game. Maybe eight. And, and hopefully everybody can be like a, a a um a defense on their front four as it relates to uh, everybody working together as a team. Everybody, it would be a community type of sack situation kind of like the uh, the boys doing over there in New England. That's the one thing that I can relate this thing to because they're not paying no $17 million for their defensive front on anybody. Collectively, they paying that. They thought that they was going to get that, but, but we're not getting that from Taco. I think that it would probably be better for us to kick Taco into the inside. But neither here nor there shout out to you joshua thank you sheila neal thank you for tuning in to the nation um yes we was messed up that we lego aware yeah it was messed up but they didn't they didn't want to uh flex it whereas they thought that he was done they thought that you could stick a fork in him and it was over with for him but it wasn't so let's click back over to this right here this other topic for today uh we're going to talk about charlie wise you guys remember him do you guys remember Charlie Wise? He said that uh, pretty much when he was the offensive coordinator for the uh, the New England Patriots is that they still using basically his scheme. They're using his system. And he's saying, Charlie Wise is saying that, hey, Cowboys, I know how to fix your problem with the offense. Just give me a sheet of paper and a pen and give me a phone call because I can drop everything for you. I can be your offensive coordinator. This is from Charlie Wise. We're going to listen in to his interview from 105.3 The Fan. Really appreciate each and every last one of you all. Shout out to 105.3 The Fan. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a uh, surprise guest as we open up our number one right here on your home of the Cowboys one oh five three the fan our guest most recognized as the coach at Notre Dame offensive coordinator at New England as well as other high-profile coaching jobs in college football in the NFL Kansas Kansas City is now a broadcaster Doing radio on Sirius yes, XM. Shout out I'm to you, man! Born <laughs> to the game. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no!
5: Coach. The way what does that make us? We are losers, <laughs> Coach. Charlie always Weiss. been losers. I didn't say you were. <laughs> oh, okay. I said I'm officially one. <laughs> you had a good run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all, all good things have to come to an uh, end, I guess. We
3: got to set this up properly for our listeners. Where are you supposed to be, Coach?
5: Actually, yesterday I did one of the main uh, radio stations for in Boston. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is I try to. Be as fair as I possibly can, so that if somebody else comes and asks you, so you're not doing one and not the other. I just don't think that's the right way of doing things. And so you were aimlessly
3: yeah. wandering around looking yeah, for the other I, Boston actually, station,
5: and you're actually, just here. Actually, and then I got <laughs> these guys from Dallas and said, "How about them Cowboys? Yes, yeah, let's do <laughs> How about them <laughs> Cowboys? A cowboys fan. How do you feel about the Cowboys, Charlie? I grew How up, do you look a, it up. I grew up in New Jersey as a Giant fan, so wow. you know, yep. I, I never had a lot of love for the Cowboys, but I do. I do like the Jones family. I have a lot of respect for them. Who don't like the Jones family? <laughs> people in that organization that I have a lot of respect for. So unlike a lot of pe- people, you're not going to keep me saying a lot of negative things because they're not coming.
4: So, Charlie, we immediately <laughs> will get into to this. We look at New England's offense, and I know it's probably changed since you've been there a little not, bit. Not too much. Not too much. No. Okay. Listen. In Dallas, we'll hear from Michael Irvin, and people say that the Dallas Cowboys offense is a man-beat-man offense, that you need to just beat your guy where he'll talk about New England or other teams say that's more of a scheming offense where they'll scheme guys open. Do you see it that way when you watch Dallas as a man-beat-man offense?
5: It depends on who you have. You know, it depends on who the players are. One of the Mm -hmm. biggest problems with coaches is when you don't – figure out what your players can do and can't wow do. deep so once you figure out what your players can do that's what you do listen hey
0: this is charlie wise now although when he went off from the new england patriots he haven't improved on anything as far as coaching records or what have you but he's talking about what we've been echoing for the last what year and a half so now Do what's best for your particular player. Do what he can do as far as his skill set. We already know what can work for Dak Prescott, but not try to make him a pocket quarterback, for one, right? And then we already talked about the Rico Suaves, the Rico Gathers. At first, I was calling the Zeus for crying out loud. And we already know what his skill set, what he can do. Maybe he's not an inline line blocker. You, you know what I mean? Set him up vertically up the uh, up the seam. Do other things. Do what the player can do best. Let's listen back in to what he had to say. Play. Look, Wesley said, play to the player's strength. Boy,
5: man, Ooh, Sheila Neal, it, it, she's saying it too. Let's listen. And too many times they don't. The coaches don't do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for example, if you have guys that can't win one on one then you have to get them open. Then what? you have to bunch them up. You have to use motion. You have to use different avenues to go ahead and create separation. You know, maybe Amari Cooper can win one-on-one. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe he can, but he, maybe he's the only one who can. Ooh. Or maybe Beasley can win in the slot one-on-one. Right, 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 right. So you really need to know who you have. You know, uh. what do you got with Gallup? You know, what, what do you have with him? I mean, looks like got a lot of potential for a young guy. Come on, Wise, talk about the quarterback. He's a really polished college receiver. So you look at those guys and say, okay, go give me a front line tight end. Or maybe these one of these young guys who had some numbers at the end of the year can do something. And then you say, okay, you got yourself something.
1: Coach Charlie Wise here with us. So what do they have in DAC last year? I'm sure you saw maybe the, the numbers. They were running into run front so much. Almost not trusting Dak to, to beat man coverage. There's
5: nothing wrong with running and to run, front, uh, run fronts. Okay. Okay, the Cowboys, obviously, between their offensive line and number 21, are built to run the football. And you want to make mm-hmm. the quarterback be successful? Then run the hell out of the football. Mm-hmm. And if you, it's not necessarily your rushing yard average that's important. It's your rushing attempts that's important because the more they have to commit to stopping the run, and with 21, already you have to understand you're going to have to commit to stopping the run. It opens up the whole passing game.
1: Okay. Let me ask you then about the way they run, the down and distance, the pre-snap motion. Are, are, the, are the Cowboys up to date in your opinion on those things?
5: <laughs> until you study what, what they're doing on it, uh, that, that I'd be ignorant to answer mm-hmm. that question, you know, because until you really study what they're doing yeah you have to look and say well i would do it differently or this is how i would do it but until you're sitting in that mm. room you know with your coach and staff studying the opponents you know knowing your guys and studying the opponents you know you'd be you'd be it'd be erroneous to to answer answer the question without really knowing that
3: so I thought you said two great things before we went on the air the first one was if you want my cell phone number I can fix your offense and the second one was <laughs> I know a lot of people in Dallas may not believe it but you can win with Dak and you really mm-hmm. like Dak. I I, what, lo-
5: I loved him from when he was in college so listen Mike, okay well what would you do he was coaching <laughs> at Alabama Mike Kids are young, coach. Okay, but uh-huh. at 25, he's already going into his fifth year of coaching. Two years at Alabama, one year with the Falcons. About now, a head start. And now, now he's going into his second year as an offensive coordinator Division One program at FAU, and he's only 25 years old.
1: Right. Impressive. Okay,
5: so when you when he was at Alabama, mm-hmm. they played against Dak in Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. They sacked him eight times that day.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: The sex. guy kept getting up and still threw for through, through over 300 yards and made the game at least com- uh, made the game at least competitive. And I'm watching and said, "Who is this guy? I mean, who, I mean, he was the toughest quarterback I had seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Okay, slinging it all over the yards, getting beaten up and getting getting up like it was no big deal. He looked like damn Rocky Balboa. That's what he, you know. I mean, to, to give an analogy." So I started, I kept an eye on him. And let's face it, if it wasn't for a DUI or whatever he got after his senior year, he would probably have been about a second round draft choice. It probably cost him a couple of rounds because mm-hmm. the fourth round was dictated by, by, the, by the drinking incident. It wasn't dictated by his play. I mean, so you look at this guy. What is he made to do? Well, maybe he's not Tommy Brady slinging it on every play. But if if you're taking your play auction shots down the field on first down because everyone's trying to stop number 21, okay. Now all of a sudden you got home run shots. You already brought in your number one wide receiver. That means your number two receiver went to your number one, went to two. Two went to three. You've already changed the whole complexion of your offense. Your offensive line's coming back back in play. Now you want to make a change at quarterback? I mean, just as long as you don't get overpriced. Just as long as you don't get overpriced on them right You know, let's face it. Once you get past a rookie contract, you're going to have to pay more money. It just, you know, you're getting them on the cheap on one end. So it isn't like you're really
4: going crazy on the other end, because he should have been making a lot more money by now anyway. Charlie Weiss with us right now on 105.3 The Fan. How much or how little does Bill Belichick uh, have on kind of the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots? He doesn't involve himself very much. Go back
0: to
5: Cowboys talk.
0: You know
4: what he does. (laughs) is he'll spend time with the
5: quarterbacks going over both the defensive coverages and the defensive personnel and all their strengths and weaknesses I mean so he'll do that with the quarterbacks and in addition he'll give you a handful of suggestions but those suggestions are never like on game day not like on game day, all he's saying. All of a sudden, he's saying, "Let's do this or let's do that." So, like he'll watch tape, just like like anyone, uh, the rest of the staff, and he won't wait till after the game plan is in. You know, nothing used to bother me more than when coaches would come to you. After you already did the game plan and say oh, I got these eight ideas, well, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me that uh, on Tuesday morning at eight o'clock, not Tuesday uh, uh, A.M., not P.M. After I've been working it all day, working on a first and second down game plan, but he'd have some ideas, and I'll give you a, a perfect one that worked, that helped us win a Super Bowl. All right, we're playing in Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl thirty-six against the, against the Rams, and we're watching their left corner. Okay, on our right side, watching their left corner in the red zone, jumping everything. Mm-hmm. So we had a play where you know I had this guy by the name of David Patton, you I know, as an outside Penn. receiver, coming in motion, running it out. And he said, you know, after the first week of practice back at the ranch, now we're now you're we're down there, and he goes, don't you think you should possibly run it out, go there because the guy's jumping all over it. So we practice it once or twice. First time we got in the red zone, we're on a ten yard line. You want to keep the head coach happy? Yeah, the call to play to you, the, the call to play. He call the play that he the, that he suggested. David Patton runs a little out go, touchdown. Good guys. So good guys, yeah. you know, normally when Bill gave you a suggestion, it was based off of evidence, not off of just a feel. It was based off of evidence. And normally it was a positive one. Now there'd be times where he'd give some play, and you'd be in the middle of a game, and you'd be in some kind of flow, and say, "Let's run it now." Mm-hmm. Well, I have always felt that when you're 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 not the head coach, the head coach asks you to do something, you do it, okay? Right. Even if you don't totally agree with it, it's his it's his it's his it's his show. But he would be the first one if it didn't work. He'd be the first one to say. God, I screwed that one up. I'm sorry. You know, like,
4: right, you know he, he'd have Fall no problem sword. saying yeah. that
5: to you. So he won't He won't be too involved. Josh will say, hey, here's what we're doing and why. You know, he'll have given them a couple suggestions, which he will have. He'll have given them a couple suggestions, and th- and that's the end of it. He's just going to move forward. Are they going to win this game? I think they win. I, I think that this will be the first time in a while that Patriot fans won't have to wait to the last play of the game to find out whether they want to lose.
3: Okay, okay, I heard wow. you said they were going to stomp them. What is it? What, what, do you, what do you base it off of?
5: Where do you want me to start?
3: Uh, with the Patriots shutting the Rams down.
5: I want to listen okay, to this well, right here. Uh-huh. Tell me what receiver on the Rams you're concerned with.
3: Uh, I guess McVay, because it would start with Cooks and then he no, would. No, no. They're just okay.
5: Yeah, I'm concerned with one receiver, Cooper Cup. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's not playing. Wow. <laughs> So, so I'm not really. Do, Cook, you're concerned with him. Oh yeah. I mean, they practice against him for a whole year, right? You think yeah. that you think they know anything about him? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Today. they do too. And they, they do happen to have a corner that was first team All-Pro playing for them too, right? Yeah. So let's take him and put him with him, and that's the end of him. Okay. Now, now who are you throwing the ball to? Robert Woods. Okay, Robert Woods. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to throw
3: about 18, 12-yard oh, in This Wise is cocky. Off play action. That's probably what they do, right? It's Charlie and, Wise. And
5: do you think he's going to be open
3: 18 times? Probably not. Bill Belichick ain't mm-hmm. having that. No,
5: that, that's probably not happening. So, realistically, for the Rams to win the game, they're going to have to be able to run the football effectively. Now, they do have two runners that are, are different, but they're both good football players. If the Rams can rush the ball effectively, that'll be one of the... If you ask me for a formula for the Rams to win, part of that formula is to be rushing the, rushing the ball with, with very good efficiency and running it at a whole bunch.
1: What uh, are they going to draw up to protect Tom to make sure this isn't a game where the pocket is disrupted too much with Aaron Donald?
5: Well, if it's a four-man front, you can count on the help going to 99. You yeah, know, today. they're going to make, just like they do, their defense taking an offensive guy out uh, the. Uh, uh, they're going to do the same thing on offense. I mean, they've made that mistake before. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a one Super Bowl where Justin Tuck is a three technique, and they still haven't breamed him. And they right. ended up losing t- to a giant team that I felt was inferior. Hmm. But they lost to him because they, didn't b- they blocked the outside guys but didn't block the inside guy. Did, so I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think they'll let that happen. How I, did, I can't imagine. How it. did
3: they, when the league is designed, the league is designed for the Patriots not to exist. This is not that's supposed that's to happen. It. You don't get to go 20 years. Is it just find the right quarterback, or how do you out-prepare the entire league every year by this much?
5: Well, let's let's start with That's... two factors, and then I'm going to add a third that I think is of equal importance. Okay, they got the best coach and the best quarterback. Okay. That's a good place to start. Let's get to start. <laughs> right. okay. It's a good thing, start. Okay. And then the third thing, they've had the same offensive system and the same defensive system for 20 years. Think about this. Don't change. I mean, mean, think about it. I put the offense in originally. I left Josh for a year, went unnamed as the coordinator, even though he was the coordinator, Mm. because Bill didn't want to throw him to the Wolves publicly. Okay, then Josh became the coordinator. Then he left, and Billy O'Brien was then on the staff, and he became, became the coordinator. Then Josh got fired from Denver, and Billy O'Brien left, and he came back as the coordinator. I mean, so really, it's been three coordinators the whole time. There's guys that have three coordinators in three years.
3: Josh leaves, coming uh, yeah. <laughs> you coming back? Jump back in
5: there? If, if Josh left and Bill called, okay, I would go. That's one of the places I would go to. You know, because at my stage of my, of my life, like I'm living in South Florida. My yeah. wife's an equestrian rider. She loves riding horses. I'm really on the honeydew por- portion of my <laughs> life, right? You know, when, she, you know, take care when of you're lady. a coach's wife and you raise the kids by yourself, basically, you know, there comes a time in your life where it becomes more about them than about you. But there are certain places that you'd say, you know, would you go the Cowboys, for example? Mm. Now, I think that they're pretty. I think they have a <laughs> their game plan set. They know what they want to do. I mean, right. you know, whether it's more. You know, I'm assuming that's who it is. You know, it seems like it's set up for more and Kitna, and that that deal looks like it's already in place. Okay, but that's the type of place where they called up. You're me. Okay, you want to go somewhere where mm. you you have a chance to win before you before you leave. Well, listen, got just a good to defense. win. Yeah. Okay. G- gr- two really, really outstanding defensive coaches. Not that the rest of them aren't good, but a good young one and a good old one. Right. Okay. So you yeah, look at I look Boy. at those two guys. I look at Marinelli and Richard. See, I don't think I know these people. I do. <laughs> you <don't>. dialed <laughs> in, man. Okay. You yeah, dialed I'm watching in. those yeah. two young inside linebackers that mm. making everyone forget about Sean Lee. I'm watch- so I'm watching those guys and say, okay, they're stout on defense. Right. They're young. Mm -hmm. They're athletic. Mm -hmm. Now on offense, I like the offensive line. I recruited Zach Morton. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in his home. He committed to me going to Notre Dame, and then they fired me. (laughs) Okay, Okay, but. I, uh, you know, uh, and his brother who's playing for so, for yeah. playing He's the good. league, he was just there for, for a long. He was like a little little young guy, <laughs> at, at the meeting at the, at the time. But man, I, mean, I love the offensive line. Hopefully, you get to, you know you get you know get, get some people back like, you know Fr- Frederick and those type of things. You get that back in shape. You go get yourself a front line tight end. Sign me up. Let's go. There you yeah, go. You cell number. You got it.
1: There he is. <laughs> Great note to end on, Charlie Wise. Thank you so much. Hey,
0: hey, as much as I, I – look, I know Charlie Wise is just sitting there thinking, do I sit back in South Florida and just still do this honey-do list or I can just kick it over here in Texas? You know, it's a little hot out here, but, uh, hey, he already talked about that he don't have to worry about the defense at all. He got Rob Marinelli, Papa Rod, and then he got uh, Chris Richard. they going to hold down the fort with the defense. And and I'm thinking what 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 Charlie Wise can bring to this particular team is just experience. What, what we were talking about, growing pains, right? If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm somehow listening into this, and I'm sitting there saying, okay, I got a proven commodity that I know for sure that can at least get this offense going. He's not even wanting to be the head coach. All he's saying is that hey. Give me a phone call, Jerry, and I can just figure out ways to plug things together to make it work for you. I can tell you what worked for over there in New England, not saying that you have the skill sets of New England or what have you. But on their defense, he just listed down below of what all we got on this defense that that he don't even have to worry about. (laughs) All he got to do is saying, okay, you mean to tell me that he got Ezekiel Elliott? All he said is that what's missing is a front line offensive a uh, 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 tight end. He loves his offensive uh, line, uh, and, and and he loved Dak Prescott since the, the the time before even Dak Prescott said, "Hey, you remember when you guys had Josh McDaniels, and you were still able to groom Josh? You guys remember that? And that's what he was just talking in the interview. How about this, Charlie? Can you help a brother out with a favor of a favor?" Can you come over here and run this offense? And you already know what we're trying to do, but can we go ahead and insert you to help groom Kelly Moore? And, and, and he's going to be the future offensive coordinator. I'm in love with Jerry. Uh, I'm, I'm, Jerry Jones will say, I'm in love with my, my son, Jason Garrett. I'm not going to fire him because he's my son and i'm not going to get rid of my son but can you can at least insert yourself cuz you talked about continuity that helped out bill belcheck's of the world cuz they've been running the same system for 20 years and you were the guy that inserted the system there in new england can you figure out a way to help our team out so that we can one day host that lombardi trophy again guys let me think let me let me think about this, right? <laughs> let me know down in the comment box below. Let me know, man. And I'm gonna ask. We'll just do a quick Q and A uh, of what you guys are thinking. And, and and keep in mind, a couple of weeks from now, I will have the phone lines hot and ready for you guys, so you guys can call in and give me your opinions. But if you can quickly uh, put down your comments down, and we'll listen to one more interview before we go. Okay, um, <clears throat> this is from Stellos, Jerry Jones what the F <laughs> bring in Chuck yes see what he's saying bring him in alright so um, Jimmy says uh, what's up shout out to you man did Jerry Jones hear this this is from Brian Bradford <laughs> this is the one thing that we can say that we at least have a coach that can bring up some schemes you know and play to the player's strength I'm not saying Jason Garrett don't know how to do that, but Jason Garrett refuses to do that because he got the '90s mentality. Whereas you line up your macho macho guys, you line up uh, Amari Cooper, and, and versus Amari Cooper versus your best DB, and we're gonna beat them down man to man, mano y mano. You know that's Jason Garrett's mindset, and trust me, trust me, there's nothing wrong with that. It's really not nothing wrong with it. You can win. It's proven. You can win eight to nine, ten games with that philosophy. Yes, you can. But, baby, when you get down to the playoff time, (laughs) your best against my best don't work that way. And then on top of that, when you have the NFL NFL refs and things like that all into the mix, boy, you're in a crazy equation. (laughs) But neither here nor there, what I'm saying is collectively, guys, we need to stop with the mindset. I'm going to line up my best man versus your best man. Let's throw in some, let's sprinkle some schemes into this thing. Once we sprinkle these schemes in, boy, woo wee, it will be nice, man. It will be nice. So let's listen into um, one other topic before I go. It's going to be uh, Landon, London Fletcher. He's going to talk a little bit about, you know, what he's been doing in his career and and how difficult it was to play against Tony Romo and uh, DeMarco Murray and um, Desmond Bryant and all of the, the, I guess, during that time frame when he was playing football. And he's going to uh, talk a little bit. About the current linebackers and as well as the uh, Sean Lees of the world. I have yet to hear the full interview uh, of of this thing, so you guys is gonna have to just go along with me. But really, 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 just listen into this right here. That Charlie Wise, if anything, <laughs> called the brother up to be a consultant. <laughs> just call him up, Jerry. <laughs> hey, man, if you need to pay for the, uh, if you need money for the plane ticket. Jerry, I will reach into my pocket and I will reach out to Charlie Wise's team and I'll fly him and his wife all the way out here to Texas if that's what you're worried about. If you worry about the plane ticket, I will pay. I will pay. I will cash app you the money, Jerry. Please, I want somebody else to just come into this thing because I love this team. Trust me, I don't like the Cowboys at all. I love them, and I'm willing to pay my own cash money. To get Charlie Wise and his wife, I'll give her a tour of the star if I could. We need some new, just, just somebody different. <laughs> just to be in here and say, okay, all right, this is what you guys are doing, which is which is good. But these are the things that you need to improve on. These are the things. Ain't that right, Stellos with the Wolves? Yes, indeed. I will. How? I don't have that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go get that uh, <laughs> That how. But let's listen into to them and let me know, uh, uh, guys, what you guys think about that. Charlie Wise, just as an advisory or, or just as a Supreme Council of the uh, panel or something like that. Bring the brother in. Let him do those type of things. Maybe just maybe that can help out this team and, and, and hopefully we can get things going in those parameters let me know okay sitting down now and
1: joining us in the diamonds direct hot seat here live on radio row super bowl 53 on your home of the cowboys is a man that played 256 consecutive nfl games that's durability right there an iron man for the rams washington and the bills and obviously he made a ton of plays against the cowboys over the years he is here with united airlines a Ooh, quality yeah. airline. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, it's nice to meet you, sir. Thanks for joining us here on the home of the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys
6: fans all over the country and they know I play for the Redskins. and They give me crap. I said, man, why, why are y'all giving me crap? There was a season. I could, could have been like the third lead receiver on the Cowboys. As many. Picks <laughs> did you catch? Oh, no. one against <laughs>
4: Romo with like a minute, something to go to kind of end the season for the Cowboys. No, Is... but I, no,
6: I got him. I got to him a couple sacks that game, okay. but, uh, and I tell, uh, I tell you, hey man, why, are y- why are y'all getting on me? So Romo, you know, he's doing his things, and he's a great announcer, predicting the plays. I was like, why didn't Romo predict that I was about to intercept
4: him? <laughs> oh, man. I, I love
6: Tony. I love Tony. I love Tony. I tell you this, and I, I so great respect for the Cowboys and, and Tony Romo, Jason Witten, and mm-hmm. after the game, my last time I played against the Cowboys. It was my last regular season game against the uh, NDC. And Jason and I, I had Jason's number, and I text. I texted Jason. I said, man, you know, him and Romo brought the best out of me because when I was going against those guys, I knew I had to be on top of my game. Yeah. And I, I just had to let him know that when I faced him and faced Romo that I knew I had to be on top of my game. You know, I had to lock in and be ready to play because Witten was going to um, – he had great – he was a great route runner. I mean, one of the uh, best football players I've ever gone against. Tony and his – his um, just his savviness and all that. So I, I, I knew I had to be on top of my game. And I actually appreciated competing against those guys.
1: Are you surprised they didn't have more postseason success or they, they weren't more accomplished? I, I,
6: I was because when you look at uh, – when you look at some of those teams, man, they, they always had a great offensive line. True. Day. Running back is always—they've always had top-flight running backs. Witten was, you know, one of the top two or three tight ends all the time in, in, in football. They had, you know, whether it was T.O., um, Dez Bryant or whatever, whoever the case may be, always had a, a top-notch uh, receiver. Defense was pretty good. They—they they had talent on this team, and for some reason or another, and I know you know looking back, the uh, the play against the Green Bay Packers that, you know, if it, if it, they rule it different, then you know. Um, there's a different story there, but I was surprised that they didn't have as much uh, success with that, with as much talent as they had.
3: So what was the, uh, Gavin, what was the amount of straight games? Two-fifty-six, right? Two-fifty-six straight like games without missing one. And like started. <laughs> What's Whoa. the
1: secret? Like, okay,
3: so <laughs> well, let me set it up a little bit I'm, because we watch. So Sean Lee is a freaking incredible football player. He is. All right? And the dude does everything he can to stay healthy. It doesn't work. His body's not having it. Is, it, is part of it? Luck, DNA. My body is just built to not break. You know,
6: uh, some some people just that's just different. I my body was probably built not to break. I'm I mean my, my lord my trunk, man. I'm I, I, I'm built different. You know, mm-hmm. thick legs. Uh, you know, quads, all that stuff. And I know that helped me. Um, sometimes I get a guy running to my knee or something like that, and where somebody else may have had a blown or torn ACL, I would. Have a sprained MCL. You got you know, armor, yeah, or something like that. Um, Look
2: at
3: these.
6: So legs. it Look was, a, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a webcam hey, over here. Hey, I yeah, got 5'10", yeah, 240 old. something 245, two forty yeah. five. most of my career, I got you know I got a big butt, and I, I hated <laughs> I hated my butt growing up, man. You know, it's not cool to have a big butt as a guy. Um, just got teased a lot about it. it. Became cool though. This, this butt and these legs made me a lot of money. <laughs> 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 but getting back to Sean Lee, I tell you, I yeah, I've always appreciated. Watching Sean play. Um, I actually would tell young linebackers, they would tell, you know, they want to come talk to me. Hey, London, you know, once I retired, hey, um, how do I do this, do that? I would tell them to go watch Sean Lee take on blockers. Mm-hmm. I, his, his shock and shed, he was one of the best in the NFL. Like, this guy knows how to shock and shed, um, shock line. And shed. I mean, It, it, it was Boom. impressive. But, you know, something, I mean, you just, Boom. Some people are just more disengaged to injuries. You started off Slide. your career
4: with the St. Louis Rams. How much of an affiliation do you feel with the Rams that they moved from St. Louis to L.A.? You know,
6: the great thing about the the Rams organization, I will say this is even though they moved to uh to uh, Los Angeles, is the uh, the um, alumni um, Kyle Everard. Uh, he does a great job of embracing the former Rams player. I mean, they. They embrace you. They're always con- contacting you. Hey, you want to come out to games? You know, just come on out. I mean, they, they have done a great job of embracing whether you played in L.A. The first time when the Rams were there, you are a St. Louis Ram. If you're a Ram, you're a Ram. Um, so, mm-hmm. there is a connection there. Stan Kroenke was a majority minority owner uh, back when we were in St. Louis. He's the minority, I mean, the owner Ma- now. Majority owner there. now. I still yeah. know people who work for the Rams. <clears throat> I know Sean McVay well. So there's a connection there, but I just wish they were still in St. Louis, man, because I, when I tell you that was that was a special town, special place. They oh man, they embraced us and they supported us. You know, it, they were they they played a big part in us making it to the Super Bowl it's
1: London Fletcher here with us on the fan I mean not only was it special for that city but it was pretty special for you that period of time coming in out undrafted out of division three football right division oh three. without a
6: doubt absolutely how, how
1: hard was that to prove yourself or even to get an opportunity
6: it was a. Uh, it was tough because 510 played a division three school there's not many people that make it to the NFL especially as a middle linebacker now if I had chosen to play, I, I went to school on a Division One basketball scholarship initially, then transferred to John Carroll. I had Division One football offers, so <laughs> I was a. I only played one year of high school football. Could have gone Division One in football. Chose something different, but as you get to the pro level, it's hard for people not to, you know, look in, into stereotypes. Division Three guy, five right, ten. Even five, though, 10. man, I, I ran a four three something forty coming out of college
3: 438 yeah I'll yeah yeah fast <laughs> yeah
6: but again i had to constantly if this guy was doing x i had to do x plus xx to get noticed and get you know the respect
3: so one of the guys that we we're starting to talk about a lot because height is become something that uh to become even less important at quarterback baker mayfield comes in the league russell yeah. wilson comes in the league so now everybody's talking about kyler murray what What sort of perspective can you offer because you played your whole career as being short, so it, yeah. it, it, like my explanation is I feel like he 's been beating everybody 's butt while being short all along. Why do you think it 's going to change like, mm-hmm. What was your perspective on guys i 've been winning why wouldn 't I keep winning? the way
6: I look at it um when I was on the football field field, I felt like a giant man I felt like a giant there's there 's a, a picture a great one of my favorite pictures it 's me um in a huddle. This when I was a, a Ram, St. Louis Ram. And I'm in front of my guys, I'm facing them and they're facing me. And you know, here I am. I'm not looking up. I'm and they're all looking down at me like but I felt like a giant, like you know, this and that's how I felt. When I was on that football field, I am a giant. There it doesn't matter how tall I am. Leonard Davis, big guy, I'm 5'10. You gonna have to work hard to get underneath me. You gonna have to. You better get low. If you don't, it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough day for you, brother. <laughs> it's just yes, you know, So leverage. No man was, always wins. Leverage was about um. You know, I just. I- hey,
0: it's pretty much. I'm almost at that hour. I'm at that hour marker. Really appreciate each and every last one of you all for tuning in to the nation. Don't forget to hit that like button. Share this content. Hey, man. The biggest uh and, and the nicest and the wonderful <laughs> interview that I heard today was the uh the Charlie Wise man. I, I really liked that interview. Uh y'all, you guys can listen back to it on 105.3 the fan or rewind for those who missed the Charlie Wise uh interview. <sighs> I I, I would say this, Cowboy Nation. I will be happy if we can figure out a way. To get somebody with that type of experience inside, you know. Hired from within is a good thing. It's always good. But sometimes you bring in different thoughts, different opinions, different views, different things like that. It helps out. Because sometimes you may not know what you're doing wrong until somebody else it out and say, okay, hey, this is the valuable feedback that you need to do in order to increase wins or in order to increase uh, players' um, uh, ability and everything is scalable from there. Uh, Appreciate each and every last one of you all. Thank you all for tuning in to the nation. Uh, My name is Law Nation. Let's get this thing going one way or another, right? Off season is always a rocky road, but I can tell you this one thing I can say, that the Dallas Cowboys, we we just don't like this team. We love it. So we're going to always feel that we can improve this team just by one or two players. I've seen a comment that's saying that we are one scat back away. And one explosive uh, slot receiver away from being an explosive uh, offense or another tight end. So a lot of things can change during this draft time. A lot of people didn't think that we was going to go 13-3 from 2015. Right? 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 (laughs) But let's go, Cowboy Nation. That's all the time I have for this beautiful night. And remember, you all are listening to nothing but the best. Salute. I'm out. Martin, I will check him out. Martin, I will check him out. Peace. The yeah, shoulder bounce. peace and remember you're listening to nothing but the bass salute